This is Dramatic Travels. Welcome back, my friend, to part two of episode 23 of Dramatic Travels Family. The conclusion of my chat with Sarah Dugnan of the Anthro Dish podcast is coming right up. But before we get started, I want to take just a moment to share a very special review in iTunes of the Dramatic Travels Family Podcast. The review comes from a user called Nami Nancy, and the review reads as follows, quote, great travel stories and guests, fun and informative, double exclamation point. This review is special, my friend, because Nami Nancy is my mother. Yes, indeed. My mother left me a rating and review in iTunes. Couldn't appreciate it anymore. Mom, I love you. Thank you so much. And you've supported me from day one on this show, and that is not lost on me. So anyway, yes, this is Dramatic Travels family, and I proudly and happily and graciously and gratefully accept ratings and reviews from my family. If you, my friend, would like to leave a rating and review in iTunes for Dramatic Travels Family, I would absolutely appreciate it, and I would be happy, happy to shout you out on next week's podcast. Just leave me a rating and review in iTunes. Send me a screenshot to Aaron at DramaticTravels.com, and you can expect to hear your name shouted out just the way I shouted out my own mother on next week's show. All right, my friend, enough of that. Here's a very brief word from our nonprofit partner, Flight, and then it's straight into part two of my chat with Sarah Dugnan from the Anthro Dish podcast. Sit back and enjoy. Flight is a nonprofit organization that empowers students in underserved communities through transformative travel experiences. I believe in flight because I believe that every student deserves a chance to expand his or her global education, regardless of where they come from or how much money they have. I encourage you to visit DramaticTravels.com slash flight. There you'll find links to join the flight community and donate to this fantastic organization. That address again is DramaticTravels.com slash flight. Light. All right, Dramatic Travels family, we are back with Sarah Dugnan from the Anthro Dish podcast. Sarah, we're going to pick your brain here. We're going to get some travel tips from a travel pro. Sarah, how do you best capture your travel memories? And can you share a tip for using that a method effectively? Yeah. So um, I had a lot of fun with this question because I never really thought about what I do uh, to kind of savor those moments. But one thing um, I've been really into for the past five years is film photography. Um, I lived in Winnipeg for my master's degree and I was pretty alone out there for the first little while. So I found this like film camera at a, you know, um, used used camera and technology store. I bought it for pretty much nothing. Um, and I started learning how to use it, how to play around with it. Um, and pretty much since then I've taken it everywhere I go. Like it doesn't leave my side. Um, it's in my backpack right now. (laughs) Um, and it's such a, I think because it's such a inherently slow process of, you know, taking, taking your time with shots and you can't, every shot that you take counts. Um, so whenever you take, take a memory basically with your camera, it really means something. And to me, that's been a very special way to record things because I find with digital, especially growing up as a millennial, I, you know, 
kind of take photography for granted and take for granted like the effort and the process that goes into developing film photos. Um, so I would really recommend that if you really want to, especially similar to the postcards, like if you take a film camera with you, you take all these shots, you can't develop them automatically. You go back to, you know, your hometown, you get them developed a few weeks later, and then you get to relive it all over again, which has been really fun. Um, so I would say that would be my first piece of advice. And then I would also recommend starting, especially if you use Instagram, starting a film account. Um, because in doing so, there's like such a niche group of film photographers out there on social media. Um, and if you if you know how to use hashtags, like if, as long as you just hashtag like film photography or whatever, you start to meet all these people and talk to all these people around the world who all have the same sort of passion. Um, and then you get to learn more about where they come from, places to go, film to use. Like it just kind of opens up this extra level of traveling in my mind. Well, I love it, especially the the, the connecting with other film photographers. Because one thing I hammer on this show all the time is just how powerful it can be to use the technology we have in 2018 to connect with like-minded mm-hmm. people, whatever that means to you. And in this case, it's just a very simple, straightforward example of you, Sarah, connecting with other passionate film photographers using something as simple as a hashtag on Instagram yeah. puts you immediately in part of this community where they can enable you to grow and learn and become a better photographer and just you know, really the power of the, the mastermind concept, putting your, your collective minds and talents together and everyone becomes a better film photographer because of it. I love that. So, so cool. And you, you, t- you mentioned like being a millennial and taking photography for granted. I think that's, that's a, a really interesting and, and cool point to make. Just a funny story that happened recently. My son, who's five years old, mm. found a cassette player, an audio cassette player. We were cleaning out my uh, mother-in-law's garage and he was fascinated absolutely fascinated oh my gosh (laughs) he's literally had every pretty much every song ever made at his fingertips since he was born because he's only five years old and then suddenly it's all about audio cassettes so i went out to a local used record store and i bought a bunch of tapes for like a buck a piece and he's just been in heaven listening to these tapes And and the guy at the record store told me he said he said this is who's buying these cassettes it's kids it's like the adults but like we've we've that part of our life has come and gone where we've been there and done that. But these kids, it's like, Oh my gosh, cassette. So there's probably going to be, there's probably a cassette audio cassette hashtag floating around out there on Instagram. (laughs) So fellow, uh, audio cassette enthusiasts can find each other. We digress again, Sarah. (laughs) So Sarah, can you recommend for us a travel related book and just tell us why it's so special to you? Sure. So I was thinking a lot about this because um, I, I love literature. I love books. Um, and my recommendation is not necessarily like a travel book per se. Um, it's called Brideshead Revisited by Evelyn Waugh. Um, so this is a book that came out in the 19, gosh, 19, I want to say 1940s, 1950s. Um, it's Travel isn't necessarily um, the central theme in the book, but it comes up a lot for a lot of the main characters. Um, And it's set in the late 1920s, like just kind of post-war. So the the ways that they travel, and they're traveling between England and other European countries, and some go into the jungle uh, in South America. 
Um, and I think it's, you know, it's my favorite book for a lot of reasons, but a big part is that the travel component is so subtle, but it also kind of shifts the characters' lives and their relationships to each other uh, in ways that really stick or really stuck with me. Um, and Evelyn Waugh himself traveled a lot. Um, he pretty much like what you read in Brideshead is where he's traveled as well. Um, so he's got other books about travel that are specifically about his journeys, but I kind of like how he snuck it into this book that was more about, you know, religion and identity than it was about travel, but it kind of, you know, even in a book about that, travel is so important to shaping how people learn and grow as characters. Cool. Haven't had that recommendation before and I love it because you just (laughs) never know, you never know where you're going to find inspiration. That's a, that's a common theme in this podcast and you never know what person, what place, or in this case, what book is going to inspire you to light that spark. So Brideshead Revisited by Evelyn Waugh is your recommendation from Sarah Dugnan. Really appreciate that. And my friends, you can, all the links, all the resources, including this book are going to be linked up in the show notes at dramatictravels.com slash 23. So Sarah, what is a gadget or tool that you always travel with? Uh, well, I kind of hate to say it, but I usually am traveling with a laptop or an iPad. Um, I think, you know, I don't use it all the time, but sometimes you just get to a point where you've been on the road for a long enough time um, and you kind of start to miss those creature comforts of like a favorite show or, you know, being able to listen to music and stuff like that. Um, and I, I remember there was a moment, um, my partner and I, before we had our daughter, we were in Prague and we were so... Um, we had like missed a bus. We had to wait to the next day to get a bus back to where we were going. And we were so exhausted. And, you know, you're in this beautiful city. You should enjoy it. But all we wanted to do was like go to McDonald's, use their Wi-Fi and watch Doctor Who and like enjoy the air conditioning. So, yeah. So I think that's kind of a go to for me. Well, why do you feel bad about that? Why do you why do you hate to to let the world know that you travel with a laptop or an <laughs> iPad? I think it's just like for me, um, I mean, traveling is always such a like you want to be in the moment and you want to appreciate that. And for me, as someone who uses a laptop for work um, or to watch TV or whatever, it's, it kind of takes you out of that. So there's a little bit of guilt in that, but it's also, you know, it's essential. And it's your journey. And if you want to take a laptop, then (laughs) by all means, Sarah, you're a relatively new parent. You got a two-year-old in tow. What is your advice for parents out there who are dreaming of traveling with their children, but just don't know where to start? Well, I think the biggest thing is to take advantage of, I'm not sure if it's the same in the States, but um, travel as much as you can with your kid when they're under the age of two, because they don't have to pay for a plane seat. Um, That has really, that came in handy a lot for us, especially as young parents. Um, We got to go to Poland and places like that, and you just pay like the taxes for the, for the child. Um, And I think, you know, in doing that, um, it really helps the your child get used to the idea of mobility and being flexible at a very early age. So it kind of normalizes that process of being in transit, which is, I think is really important. Um, and I think you can also, especially if you're really struggling with the idea of like going to a new country and having to lug, you know, all the baby gear with you. I think if you're crafty about it, you can travel pretty light. Um, we use a holster carrier pretty much anywhere we go and that eliminates you know, any mobility issues similar to, you know, the stroller trying to find an elevator and stuff like that. So, you know, you put the, put the baby in the front and then you have a backpack with like diapers and food and everything else and you're good to go. So I think that's another go-to tip for me. Well, I think that's a cultural language difference. That holster carrier, I've never heard, I knew, I I could imagine what you were talking about based on, (laughs) on on the way you described it, but I'd never heard holster carrier before. 
I think, well, I don't know if it's called a holster or a carrier. So it's like, I kind of go between the two, but it's that like that strap on kind of backpack, mm-hmm. front backpack where you put the baby in. We just call it a carrier. Some people might call okay. it generically call it baby Bjorn, even though that's a, uh, yeah. that's clearly a brand name. It's like Kleenex. It's just kind of a generic name, which is great for the baby Bjorn people. Cause they're just, yeah, true. That's they what get they're the credit. Known for. <laughs> But yeah, no, those are those are super helpful. I found out the hard way though. I don't know if you experienced this that you can't have your child in that during takeoff. I was I had my yeah. daughter in there. She was fast asleep, and they made me take her out. Yes, we had that happen too, and I was so devastated because then she was up uh, like the entire flight after that. And you know, especially that feeling of just putting your kid to sleep, and you're like, yes, you get that moment to catch your breath. And she woke up and like, especially for takeoff, that's, I found that was very rough. And like the, did they, did you get that weird seatbelt that kind of like loops into your seatbelt for your kid or no? No, no, okay. did, did not get that. I just had to take her out and she sat on my lap and yeah, she, we pretty much, oh, okay. part, we pretty much just partied for the rest of the flight where nice. she likely <laughs> would have slept the flight if I could have left her in the, in the holster. Right. That's how it goes. <laughs> But, yep. but we survived and we lived to tell the tale. And that's, that's the takeaway there. It might, it, it may be brutal in the moment, but you know what? That plane is going to get where it's going. Exactly. Everything's going to be fine. And if they're under two, they fly for free or nearly free. If it's international, you got to pay, pay a couple taxes, but it's very, very inexpensive. Yes. So Sarah, we're winding down here before we say goodbye. I want you to let the Dramatic Travels family know what is a dream, a travel dream of yours that has not come true yet. Well, okay. So this is kind of interesting. So when I initially was like looking at these questions, I started to realize that a big dream for me was, um, you know, I travel a lot for work. Um, I travel for conferences. I travel to, you know, go to an excavation, but I don't really go to travel for fun or like to see family as, you know, it's fun in its own way, but it's always like, there's always an intention behind why I'm going. So my dream has been to, uh, to travel for fun because I haven't done that since I was a teenager. Um, and I kind of started to realize that after this. And then a few days ago, my friend actually messaged me and she had surprised myself and some other people with tickets to Paris for November, which was just like insanely cool. Um, and it's just to go for fun, which I feel, you know, the, the guilt, the A type or like type A personality guilt of, you know, not wanting to go because I have to book time off work, but I get to go somewhere and just like have fun and relax for a few days, which is absurd to me. (laughs) So if you can manage to to have fun on that trip, then your dream is going to come true in November. Exactly. Yes. Excellent. Love to hear it. (laughs) Sarah Dugnan, it's been a great pleasure having you on and my friends out there, Dramatic Travels family, definitely check out Sarah's podcast, Anthro Dish. You can learn everything at anthrodish.ca. You can follow Sarah on Facebook at Anthro Dish and of course, Instagram at D. Is that yeah. right? That's <laughs> yep. at S-I-N-S-A-R-A-H-D-E-E. Sarah Dugan, huge pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on Dramatic Travels. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. And that is a wrap for episode number 23 of Dramatic Travels Family. There's always more to explore over at DramaticTravels.com. Aaron Schlein signing off for today, my friend. And remember, your emotional memories are your most powerful memories. So please put some emotion in your motion. We'll see you next week. Bye.